1: comment and share.
0: Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's is V the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition of The Great Game with the one and only Matthew Eret. He is here with us. He is the founder of the CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, as well as RisingTideFoundation.net, RisingTideFoundation.net. Make sure you go there, you sign up, get Matthew's books. It's absolutely invaluable to get those books, folks, and, and to have them part of your library and also check out his Substack, uh, substack.com forward slash Matthew Eric. The links will all be in the description box. With that being said, gentlemen, how are you guys?
1: Very good. Very you, excuse well. Excuse
0: me, guys. My allergies are on
1: level ten right now. So oh yeah. I Gotcha. There. Not a worry. Not a worry. Uh yeah, no, things are uh, things are heating up, eh? I mean, I I only have about thirty minutes today. I know you guys have something planned as well at two, so um, we'll try to keep it compact. Definitely a lot going on around the world. Um, yeah. I don't even know where to start, frankly, <laughs> but I, I figured one place would be, I mean, there, there's two big things that are in people's minds, I think, right now. Number one, the sabotage of the, the pipelines, which is very clearly um, not Putin's doing, despite the fact that the mainstream media I've been looking at is all alluding to the idea that, you know, Putin had nothing to worry about. There's no reason for him for there's no motive for anybody but Putin to have sabotaged the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 pipelines. Um the reality is, as many in you know Europe are recognizing very clearly that the only people who do have something to gain are the Americans who are now in a position to sell vast amounts of natural gas to Europe, if they're even going to allow that to happen. Because frankly, at the end of the day, those forces controlling the United States, just like those controlling Great Britain, the Five Eyes more broadly, and the EU, are a death cult that kind of really do want the world population to collapse under this logic of scarcity so um you know the idea that putin actually sent submarines down detonated charges in the Nord stream one and two when he could have just turned off the tap at any moment uh from moscow is just absurd it's it's ridiculous
0: well you know i i think the russians did do it i mean after after all matthew they're evil and uh, you know we have to fight them over there before we fight them over here. and you know they have weapons of mass destruction, and they're the biggest funders of, ter- of state pawns or terrorism, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah this is right. ridiculous. I mean, what they people forget works. the most, Matt, is that here is Russia going to great lengths during the special military operation against Ukraine. They're going to great lengths as to preventing irreversible damage to civilian infrastructure, critical infrastructure, and whatnot. And in and in Russia, they have a pipeline that's been going from Russia to Ukraine that is still delivering Ukrainians gas, in spite of all, all the bullshit, right? Yeah, so they're not blowing that up, they're not cutting that off, but they're going to go. They're going to take deep submarines, and they're going to go directly into the area of the water on the German side of things, and then they're yeah. going to detonate
1: Nord Stream One and Two. <laughs> Well, this is where it's really brilliant. I, I saw CJ just pulled up a couple of uh, video clips there of Victoria Newland herself in January and Biden a few weeks later in February, I think February 22nd, uh, basically saying what they plan to do to Nord Stream 2 specifically, um, if there's any invasion of Ukraine from Russia's side. So, I mean, just go to the horse's mouth. The horse's mouth is more like it. The horse, go to the horse's mouth. <laughs> Uh, We continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies, and I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. That was very faint, but I think everybody could clearly hear, and if you couldn't, she was pretty much, she just said literally, if Russia invades Ukraine, Nord Stream 2 will not happen one way or another. Right. Right. January.
0: Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the the border of Ukraine. Again, then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it.
1: What? What? How will you? How will you do that? Exactly. Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control.
0: We will. uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it.
1: There you go. There you go. From the hoarder's mouth. (laughs) You know, I mean, case closed. And I mean, anybody who thinks that Germany is a sovereign nation really needs to reevaluate their their Cold War history, because Germany has always been an occupied state. The yeah. moment Hitler was put down, and you, you could even say Hitler himself was part of a, of a, of a certain imperial occupation of Germany since the entire, as, as I've gone through in my books and we've talked about this, the entire ro- rise of fascism of the Nazi variety on top of that in Germany was not a naturally organic phenomenon, just like domestic terrorism in the United States is not a naturally occurring phenomenon or terrorism in the Muslim world is not a naturally occurring sociological phenomenon the way we, we've been told. The, there is direct artificial patronage sponsors uh, that come directly from the city of London, Wall Street, intelligence agencies uh, centered around the the invisible British empire that are always behind the rise of these operations. And, you know, Nazism was not a popular thing. All the way through World War One. the Nazis didn't, well, first of all, didn't exist. But the idea of like the Nazi variant of fascism was not it was, it was like a fringe thing. You could ignore it in Germany all the way until the 20s. And it was through, I think there was something like 300 assassinations of high-level um, German statesmen on the municipal, municipal, federal, provincial levels who were killed in a matter of three years by things like the Organization Konsol, an anarchist um, network, very highly organized and and deployed by um, intelligence operations, Were they killed... Uh, Like I said, over 300, and when they were illegalized, they didn't disband, they just changed their names and became the paramilitary front groups of the Nazi machine in the 20s. So this is what took over, and Prescott Bush, the Bush family, the Morgan crowd, the Rockefellers, you know, Montague Norman, all of these things were always behind the rise of Nazism. So Germany at that point was already a colonized, occupied state. Um, Not really, what we were told was German nationalism was not really that at all, Hitler was always a front man being used as an enforcer for an imperial agenda of a banker's class above him. At a certain point, he didn't want to do that, so they had to put him down. But, uh, you know, after World War II, it's not like all of a sudden Germany then became a real sovereign country. You had the reconstitution of the entire Nazi intelligence apparatus around Reinhard Gellin, Hitler's top intelligence guy who was instituted by Allen Dulles and MI6 to be in charge of the entire West German intelligence and Eastern European intelligence as a whole. This was all done. And, you know, to this day, Germany has thousands of U.S. soldiers. They they are a branch of the U.S. military industrial complex. There are hundreds of bases there. And Merkel, even, you know, not that long ago, the former chancellor, um, had a bit of a scandal because she was pushing back a little bit. And at a certain point when she kicked out... uh, the, the, the top CIA uh, guy who was in charge of Germany because, you know, her phone was being tapped and it was a bit embarrassing. Everyone knew it, but you weren't supposed to let the public know it. So that got got through into the press and she had to do something. So she kicked out the uh, the CIA's uh, head. I forgot his name now, but the person who was in charge of managing the CIA operations in Germany. And, uh, you know, they didn't stop. They, they, kept on, they kept on doing what they do. So Germany's always been an occupied state. Though, again, there are pushbacks, and we see that with certain efforts by patriots in France and Germany at different times who don't want to be suicided under this altar of a of a mass global suicide regime that wants to reduce the world population down to one billion. They don't want to be caught in the crossfire of a nuclear war. Putin has, e- has even come out saying, you know, I, we will be if we are pushed to an existential brink, we will be forced to use nuclear weapons, which, by the way, are much more advanced with hypersonics and other other advanced tech that is much more advanced than anything the West has developed. Um, Now, of course, in the West, we're, we're our media is telling us, oh, look, Putin is threatening us with nuclear bombs. He's obviously the aggressor. It's like, no, he very clearly made the point that if he is pushed to an existential brink, yes, it will be used. But the context is very important because do we have to push him to an existential brink? hells no that doesn't have happen but
0: but but jake sullivan and, and and tony blinken were out there saying that it's a that he's threatening nuclear war on us
1: what do we do did you see the uh the uh Blinken meeting with uh the lead singer of pussy riot at the state oh, you of gotta blinken? be shitting me you gotta be kidding me really man that that yeah, really yeah, happened yeah, he, did, he did a press conference and had like had a photo op with a pussy right because that's like the highest level. Well, you know, Blinken, you Blinken in, in is record.
0: a is a failed musician, so I, I could see that happening. Right, right. You know, his yeah. his real dream was to be a rock star, and that that went sideways. So that he's doing the the next thing, which the, be, uh, being a mediocre mind, the way you succeed in life is to join American politics. That's why yeah. you have that twinkie with clipped hair, Victoria Newland, who's done nothing but fail forward her entire life, what? who ran. A a think tank called these something something about war studies. This fat twinkie knows something about war. This fat twinkie who has a political science degree and a law degree knows something about combat. And look at this moron.
1: Yeah, CJ's got it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm embarrassed, man. You're right. I'm really embarrassed. I don't know what she's holding on her face there, but that's who she's who they're bringing out to represent the. the democratic voice of the true Russian people. Oh, yeah, the true Russian people. The true
0: influential people are only on TikTok. You know that, no, Matthew. Sure. <laughs> you know, the Cossacks should have whipped them harder when they had the chance.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm sure people know how, how she, she and her little uh, weird group became celebrities is they went into an Orthodox church um, and basically wrecked the place um, with some terrible song. I don't even, I, I won't even call this music filmed it and of course there are laws against you know uh destroying property in a church in russia um so they got arrested and became celebrities in the entire soros democratic network uh for freedom in russia Mm -hmm. so she you know and, and this also it reminds me a little bit of um i forget which article i had read that was attacking xi jinping because um xi jinping made some policy Which made it difficult for Lady Gaga to perform in China a while ago, and they were like, "Lady Gaga represents everything Xi Jinping in China is afraid of because of her her uh, unapologetic individuality." And uh, they even mentioned in this article attacking China and defending Lady Gaga as the like paragon of Western liberal democracy and action that she innovated vomit performances. Yeah, and indeed, I, I made the mistake of googling this shit. And oh no. I mean to the, the detriment of my entire subconscious uh <laughs> field you, forever. Yeah. Um and sure enough, you could see hundreds of videos of her performing with professional vomit artists who while in the middle of her song will vomit on her with, of course, multicolored uh fluorescent vomit. Some I don't know what they drink. Um, that's a thing. That's apparently a thing. Yeah, They're among the, really the fetish the fetishizers better. of the West, it is the thing. It is disgusting, man.
0: Like, these Western elites, they got to go. And here's my fear, right? It's like, you know, will they burn it all down to the ground rather than face accountability?
1: That's the question. Well, that's where you're wondering. Like, a lot of people thought that they had a certain boundary condition, that there was a lot of bluff in their, uh, in their saber rattling, but you're like, well, to what degree are they actually willing to go the distance, even at the expense of their own lives? Because the oligarchy, I don't think they really want to live in underground bunkers as comfortable as those underground bunkers might be that many of these, you know, obscenely rich freaks have, have created for themselves. I don't think they really want to live down there for God knows how many generations under a, you know, a nuclear, uh, Holocaust on the earth. But to what degree are they willing to go the distance? Are they insane enough to actually unleash that type of chain reaction process with the thousands of nuclear bombs littering the face of the earth today such that they would do that? I don't know. I don't know that they have like a real red line of reason saying, okay, we've gone as far as we can go. They've called our bluff. Let's fold. We'll maybe try to fight another day. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. No idea. But, I mean, you, you listen to things like like Liz Truss as well. I mean, she gave a speech uh, this week, which was absurd. She literally, I mean, this is a woman who just kissed the ass of, of King Charles, saying we've entered a new or Carolian age. Before. She meant to say a
0: Caligulan age. We've entered a new That's Caligulan should, age.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's go for it. <laughs>
0: the Iron Twit.
1: <laughs> Liz Truss, the Iron Twit. She's talking about that. She says that, keeping in mind, right, Charles is the indisputed monarch not only of Britain and the Commonwealth, all 52 countries, but also of the Privy Council system. He's the head of that. He's the major, as we talked about last week, the, the world's top landowner. Uh, by far, owns all the crown land, crown corporations. Also the head of the church. He's the head, the 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 sort of the Anglican Pope is the crown is, is Charles. Now he's the head of a church, uh, Anglican churches all over the world have to have pictures of King Charles the third. So she's kissing this guy's ass in her speech and then says, and I I actually wrote it down because it was so over the top, the hypocrisy of it, that there is a, she says, there is a real struggle between democracies of which she is not a member of a democracy at all. Nobody even voted for her, right? The population didn't vote for her. It was her own party who voted for her. Not the, not the people and uh, yeah, okay. And you got a crown that you're you're self-worshipping. But she said there's a real struggle between democracies and autocracies. God, that that, that that tired society. line. Yeah, she goes further. She says unless democratic societies deliver on the economy and security of the people, we will fall behind. What the hell does that mean? She like you're talking about somebody who is directly responsible for a, an empire, which has shut down all viable forms of energy, which the people desperately need going into winter. There's going to be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of deaths, probably even more, who knows, uh, going into the winter when people can't afford their heating, businesses are going to be shut down on mass. I think something like 60% of pubs in Britain are saying they're contemplating shutting down and going bankrupt this winter because they can't afford their obscene gas prices. Um, You've put the nation reliant upon 25% of Britain's energy comes from windmills, windmills, which are like have a have a capacity of less than 1% on days where it doesn't blow or where the wind doesn't blow. I mean, and you're wondering why it is that you're creating so much white, like available abundant energy, which you would think in our modern age should be very easy to come by. is so hard to come by all of a sudden on top of the fact that you're saying and she called in the same speech. We are cutting off toxic power. And pipelines from authoritarian regimes, toxic power. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, you beacon of freedom, that you're cutting the people off of their toxic, reliant on toxic power. I mean, the the level of insanity in that thinking is over the top. Um. So, I mean, they're trying to just revive all of these World War II tropes, where you have the de- democratic allies versus the authoritarian fascist states and it's just words and they don't realize that the nations that are actually fighting for the freedom of people to live without hunger without fear of being blown to pieces are russia are china these so-called authoritarian regimes because i mean who's to say freedom is not just the right to do whatever you want to to bust into any church and take a whiz on a on an altar the way pussy riot might want to do or or get barfed on in public and, and that's not you might call that freedom and the basis of democracy it's not really that um how about freedom to, like, not starve to death or not be blown to, to bits by a jihadi group funded by the CIA in Syria? How about – is that a form of freedom? I think Ter- you're asking
0: too much, man. I think there's nothing wrong with being vaporized in a nuclear holocaust or freezing to death. It's very virtuous, Matthew.
1: It's very virtuous. It's true. It's true. You could definitely prove your your patriotism to humanity by by taking one for the team and just not eating this uh, this winter to – fight big, bad authoritarian Putin. I, that is sort of what they're trying to do, right? Is to convince let that like, you're, you're better people for having less eating bugs and uh, not using even your electric cars, right? Even that's now all of a sudden a bad thing. We thought that that was a good thing. Well, it's not really a good thing because if you use your electric car, if you're too greedy powering up your electric car, you might destroy, cause brownouts and blackouts of like California <laughs> or big chunks of Europe, which all of a sudden can't afford to maintain or supply even basic electricity for electric cars. Even that's now all of a sudden a bad thing. It's uh yeah it's it's wild.
0: It's incredible. I think you hit the hit the nail on the head. I mean, here we are in the modern world. It's 2022. And things that are supposed to get easier, energy, supply chains, things that are supposed to be more efficient, these have all of a sudden become inefficient, they're hard to come by, they're hard to find, and it's all done by incompetence and artificial scarcity yeah how yeah how i mean yeah. this is incredible man you know we are here we are we are we are commentating and documenting basically matthew the decline and end of western civilization that's what it's looking like buddy
1: well that that sort of is it and i think that's a, a good point to to sort of the last point to to tap into before we we call it a an end for today would be the this irony mm. that And I I got this really hit me in the head when uh, I'd watched I'd read an article in the National Review this week written by a neocon, uh, Jim Garrity, a complete rampant neocon. He's been a fanatic for 20 plus years. Um, And in this article, he uh, what was it called? I I wrote it down. It's um, oh, I forget. But it basically is um, celebrating the sabotage of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines. Which again, these are, these are not little sabotages. That This is like, these pipelines are down for years now. They're contaminated with seawater. This is big, 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 big. Like any chance that Europe had to get out of the, the crisis of the energy scarcity crisis, it's really taken a huge yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. You can't,
0: you can't. I mean, after that type um, of damage, you can't rebuild that. It'll take, it'll take years to rebuild
1: that. Yeah. The I mean, damage I'm is very, pretty bad. I'm very concerned. Very concerned. So all that to say, what this guy does, and again, he's a rampant right-wing neocon. Mm -hmm. He begins his article by uh, citing something he had himself written back in February saying, where are the uh, Andrus Malms who could do something about this pipeline? And what he was referring to, Andrus Malm, is an eco-primitivist, eco-terrorist who wrote a book how to Blow Up a Pipeline. It's a, it's a best-selling anarchist book. It's in all of the anarchist bookstores. I've seen it all over, all over Montreal. And this guy has been creating a manifesto and working with an international network involving Extinction Rebellion, um, uh, uh, Zero Hour, the Sunrise Movement, networks of the Black Bloc internationally that are often funded by things like George Soros or the old uh, Teddy Goldsmith Network. The, the, the British oligarch. Yeah. They're, they're, they've got an international movement around this idea that in order to be a good human being, you have to declare war on industrial civilization itself. Now this is an irony because you've got a neocon saying calling for an eco-fascist, not you would think, the left the left of the left, you know the, who would be the most antithetical thing to a neocon that you could imagine, the right of the right. But you realize that in, in these extremes things converge into the same place. And um, indeed, you know, like when you look at the underlying philosophy of people like Mom, who I looked into a little bit, or, or Deep Green Resistance, which is a California-based similar eco-terrorist organization, Deep Green Resistance, based on a book, they, a lot of them um, got their start in inspiration by Ted Kaczynski. You guys know who Ted Kaczynski is? Oh, yeah. yeah, the, uni- yeah. The, the Unabomber. The Unabomber. The Unabomber himself. The guy who spent like 25 years sending... Uh, handmade bombs to different locations. I think he injured something like 28 people. He killed three people in that time. Somehow the feds with uh, over 150 people working over years, purely on that one case, couldn't track this guy down. But all of a sudden, um, after two high level executives for like Exxon are killed in 1995, he writes a letter to Janet Reno saying, I want you to publish my 35, 35,000 page manifesto on um, industry and civilization, basically how to destroy these things. Um, in the New York times and the Washington post, I want you to do that. And then I'll stop killing. And of course the Washington post and New York times are like, nah, I'd really rather not do that. But, but Janet Reno with the FBI director, um, well, the, the, the active FBI director of that time, Louis freeze, they intervene directly and tell the New York times and Washington post, you have to, so they do it and they publish the Unabomber's 35,000-page manifesto, which all of a sudden turns him into a bit of a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And in it, he's basically making the argument that human freedom must buy, must decrease in proportion to the progress of uh, technology and science. So to the degree that technology goes up, freedom must go down to the point of maximum, a singularity point of maximum enslavement of the masses. And he talks about genetic modification, test tube babies, Now, the thing about this fallacy, which inspired the founders of the Deep Green Resistance, people like um, um, Derek Jensen, who is a founder of Deep Green Resistance, which has called for conducting terrorist acts on infrastructure, hydroelectric dams, pipelines, and they've talked that they have a whole battle plan for above grounders who are going to infiltrate banks and official institutions in the world economic forum, and then the uh, below grounders who are going to do the the dirty work... Um, they, they were all inspired by Ted Kaczynski. He, this guy, Jansen, had a correspondence for years with Kaczynski who organized him to be this thing that was then deployed. And Andrus Malm is a part of this whole network. Even uh, Andrus uh, Bevik, the guy who like shot up a bunch of kids on uh, some island in Denmark, was yeah. a follower of Ted Kaczynski's uh, dynamic, except changed a few things in his manifesto, but lifted big chunks from Ted's uh, the Unabomber's manifesto into his thing um, with a more right-wing twist. But it's, it's all part of the same project. And ultimately, one of the big ironies is that Ray Kurzweil, a transhumanist, part yep. of the, the whole Yuval Harari Davos crowd. Yep. cited the Unabomber's manifesto in his own works on the world, the future of thinking or feeling machines. Mm-hmm. And this guy um, is the head engineer for Google, a leading cult or priest of the cult of transhumanism. It's sort of the religion of the religion for the uh, the elites, a synthetic religion that was created as a neo eugenics, neo you know social Darwinian uh, system for the the elites to be controlled by themselves because they themselves are not you know the, these upper level managers are not the ones driving the show. They have to have their own religious like belief for them to be usable um, on behalf of the oligarchy. So this guy is citing the Unabomber. Now all of them have in common the same assumption that. Technology, just like Yuval Harari, right? Technology, as it increases, freedom must decrease. The only thing is, while Yuval Harari or, or Kurzweil think, well, that's inevitable, we should be on the, the, the controlling side of the levers of scientific power in that case, the other reactionaries who don't feel, they feel disempowered, they don't have a positive sense of how science could also do good, they all they become reactionaries and think, well, thus a world without science and technology would be a world of peace And anarchic brotherhood, where we just organically just self-organize in a big, you know, hippie-like hug fest. And it's like, no, you don't realize. And even you'll find too that these groups are also rapidly anti-nation states. So even though many of these disempowered groups don't like they don't like conspiracy theories that are out to kill you, they don't like those things. Despite that, they they think that the world would have been better if we just never had nation states and we all just broke ourselves down to like local small clusters and communes of of little micro economies because the, the nation state as well is a, is like a technological power and technology just like fire or a knife could be used to destroy like great good or great bad can be done used by the effect of power applied by people with intentions the question is is your people applying in those intentions are they in alignment with natural law and wisdom Or are they, you know, hateful and out of alignment, such that they want those texts between the power of the state and the power of genetic engineering or computer learning, whatever, to enslave and destroy? That's the question. So all that to say, um, you've got like this weird convergence of apparent opposites, which now we're finally seeing are different sides of the exact same thing. Um, And unless people realize that, no, the fight is over. And this is why the oligarchy hates Russia and China is because Russia, China, India, they're creating, they're utilizing the technology of the nation state system in such a manner that it actually does battle with the oligarchy, which is a highly centralized evil supranational entity, and they're deploying investments, banking and everything else associated with their security, their security towards application of new discoveries new technologies that allow for the increase of the quality of life of every individual as well as every nation state you know in such a way that it is in alignment with the laws of nature natural law understood better by the founding fathers lincoln and people way before we were alive so i would just say that that's how i think i would i would like to end it because i know we've hit the uh, the 30 minute mark for today um but yeah
0: Matt, you hit it on all cylinders, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us again, folks. Matt will be back next week, same channel, same time. Not same time, but usually on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Again, go check out foundation.net, rising RisingTideFoundation.net, RisingTideFoundation.net. Get the books, get the substack, and get going, get learning. Matthews, thank you so much for joining us again, folks. Have a wonderful day. Take it away, Bye, CJ. Guys.